This episode of Weed and Grub is brought to you by Quinn. Quinn is an all-cannabinoid brand that offers real THC products, everything from edibles to vapes, and they ship to all 50 states. How do they do that? Well, that's how you read it, right? How do they do that? Yeah. How, yeah. It's like rhetorical. How, the, do they, how, how do they do that? Previous Quinn ad reads, mm-hmm. I, I would ask it like <laughs> I was asking myself and then answering myself because I didn't understand your how, copy. How do they do how that? How do they do that? <laughs> How do they do that? How do they do that? Well, well <laughs> that's how you do it. Okay. So Quinn, well, they can do it because their THC products are all extracted from hemp. That's right. That's how they do that. <laughs> all their products are third party tested and they use pure clean ingredients to give you a quality buzz. Check out Quinn online and use our promo code weed and grub at checkout to get 25% off your next order. Visit myquin.com. That's M-Y-Q-W-I-N.com and use code weed and grub at checkout to get 25% off Quinn's edibles vapes concentrates and more how do they do that how do they do that oh it's because you can get it legally in all 50 states and use our code 25 percent off is a good deal too i know oh that's how they do that quinn hello and welcome to weed and grub Outdoor Mendocino. That's Weed. how you start a 420 episode mm-hmm. with a lighter s- click. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard yeah. to light because I stuffed this baby real. F- it's a fatty thinny. It's like a it's stuffed real fat, but then it's kind of thin. <laughs> you want some? Yeah. I mean, sex jokes aside, thank you and happy 420, Mary Jane. Happy 420, Mike. Yeah, this is awesome. Oh, I would love to smoke with you this beautiful hand rolled Mendocino joint on a Outdoor, high holiday, sun grown, perfect to kick off this. Yeah, that high holiday. Mm, it Do is stuffed this. tight. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like if this was a sausage and you put it in a pan, that yep. bitch would split. That would burst. You would yeah. need to poke that thing with a fork a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a good tip for um, if you roll a joint too tight, poke it with a fork? If I roll a joint too tight, <laughs> I just break it up and put it in my bong, <laughs> which I would do with this, but I'm just going to keep smoking this. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing, but what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And... Home Economics. Home Economics. The ABC television network show with Topher Grace. Our VIB, our very important bud this week. For our 420 episode because Home Economics has a 420 episode. It's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say more than that just yet. I mean, you know. Yeah. There is more to say, but we talk about Topher with all of it. Yeah. Um, I would like to say to you, thank you for a wonderful time at Comedy Campout Festival underneath the pink moon in the Antelope <laughs> Valley this past weekend. That was such a good time. It was such like a great precursor to this big week with uh, Bicycle Day on 419, 420, obviously for everyone, but like getting out into the desert under the full moon with the convergence of everything that was going on. There's a Jupiter and Neptune conjunction. There's, you know, Passover and Easter and Ramadan and everything. Oh, I didn't know that all of the ethereal planes were kind of aligning under this one moment. Big weekend. That full moon was, you know, by all accounts, if you pay attention to that kind of stuff or you feel that kind of stuff, it's... uh, yeah, it was a kind of a big weekend. And I mean, you and I, you know, we sat and we stared at that moon. We felt some things. <laughs> well, you put, you <laughs> called me out on my nonsense because the first night we both did stand up and then um, I performed on mushrooms because I'd never tried it before. So mm-hmm. I tried 
some mushrooms performing. Uh, not my favorite, right? By any stretch of any imagination. But that person who came up to you afterwards said it was their favorite set of the weekend. Yeah, because you were so real. So I was, yeah, I was really raw. Yeah, it was really real, and um, that felt great because it told me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, leave the performance to the performance, and then don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we sat underneath the pink moon. <laughs> yep. And I started complaining about how bright it is, and I was like, you need to turn that thing down by like twenty two percent. Yeah, and it was, I was so. Right. I was so pissed because I was like, what? She gets one night a month to be full and you're telling her to turn it down? Like, what is this fucking nonsense that I'm hearing <laughs> about, like, bring back the sun. The moon needs to be quieter because, like, you know, in, in mythology, th- the sun is masculine and the moon is feminine. And I'm and, complaining about. And you're like, she, she's too much. One night a <laughs> oh, month. No. I need her to be 22 percent less. And I was like, oh, no, we are not. No, no. I didn't know that the sun was male. In, I mean, in, uh, you know, in, in storytelling. In yeah. 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 But as a yeah, as a dude who's like, <laughs> Yeah, the sun. The sun rocks, sunsets are fucking great, and sun yeah. sunrises are fucking the best. Moon, what are you doing here during the day? Get what, out of what here. What does she even do? And then I was like, Well, she affects uh the tides and the cycles of people who menstruate, and she is reflecting the light of the sun back at you right now, so she's also doing some of his work. <laughs> and I'm over here like <laughs> you're like, bring back the sun. <laughs> I was so it glad. It was good. Because I threw we were, around some words like misogyny and sexism. I'm a mood misogynist. There's no all. way I'm not. I definitely had a great time like chopping it up with you about that stuff. It was great. Yeah. It was great. I think like in other circumstances, I ca- I probably would have gotten kind of hot under the collar about it because I'm sensitive to that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But under that moon with those mushrooms, it was just fun. It was really yeah. fun. I'm hoping that the other tents near us heard us, you know, laughing and running that bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got a nice laugh out of it as well. I hope so. I think, yeah, it was pretty yeah. fun. And also, I learned a lot of moon lessons that I didn't know about. So um, I'd like to apologize formally. To the moon? To the moon. Okay. On this episode. Not only was I wrong, but also thank you for doing everything you do. Yeah. Great. She accepts. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I'll pass it on (laughs) when I put my crystals out. (laughs) Yeah. The Comedy Campout Fest was great. It's uh, in Antelope Valley. If you are familiar with the super bloom that happens every single- Of the poppies. California poppies. poppies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of influencers fly helicopters in to yeah. take pictures with it. It's uh, horrid, but the <laughs> but the nature part of it's amazing. It, we were there just a week before the poppies really popped, and so we weren't quite seeing the full orange carpeting. But it was still so gorgeous to stand atop that mountaintop and like look at the clouds kind of scudding across the fields and doing you know coloring everything differently and like we were just perfectly baked for that walk and we saw some creatures yeah yeah what was that little mouse you saw oh i saw a kangaroo rat late at night you'd actually i think gone to sleep and i was just sitting up by myself with my headlamp and because i didn't want to hang out with people i didn't know what to do because i wasn't about to be on my phone so i got my copy of the new yorker out of the car (laughs) (laughs) and i sat (laughs) kind of tripping with my headlamp reading the new yorker and i was like Oh my God, I hope nobody walks past me right now because I look like such a pretentious. Just reading some nonfiction. I was reading about the dissolution of the BBC. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, cool I mean, comedy festival. Yeah, this comedy festival rocks. <laughs> Let me just go over to my tent by myself and read some very dry information. Um, and so, kind of like maybe like the owl showing up when you had your AirPods on walking through the forest, a desert kangaroo rat came and told me to get the hell away from reading Mm -hmm. and it was just so cool he just showed up right next to my foot and they're amazing they're like they kind of look 
like really fat hamsters. They're sort of that like round. They're not mousy or ratty. They're not long. They're very fat and round. Like a and, tennis ball almost. Yeah. And yeah. they have huge, huge, huge dark eyes because they're mostly nocturnal. And then they have these long straight tails with a tuft on the end. They're fucking cartoon cute. It was crazy. And he just was right next to my foot and tootling around. That's very cool. Yeah. So then, you know, I got up. I was like, thank you, rat. Thank you for bringing me back to the present. And I went and I hung out in front of the DJ truck, that DJ truck that was going off. And then the DJ truck did a loop around the field and I like got on the truck and I was like, yeah. And then I hung out with some new friends and it was just great. Uh, yeah. I love that the lesson on our 420 episode is don't read the New Yorker by <laughs> headlamp on mushrooms when there's a karaoke party going on yeah. with kangaroo rats. With the Yeah. The coolest people that you've never met just right over there. Say less. God damn. We both learned lessons <laughs> yeah. this past weekend. That's yeah. awesome. This weed is really good. It's nice, right? Speaking of, um, before we get to the news or as we get to the news, I haven't opened up these Quinn Happy Meal boxes Yes. Yet. I've been wanting to open them up. Shall we each get one? Because yeah, there's two. Crack. They sent over at, in addition to these cookies that we've been loving. Which we've talked about before, but also we also got the other flavor now, Toffee Oreo. Uh -oh. And these are Delta 9 THC uh, cookies from Quinn, K, no, Q-W-I-N. Yep, sourced um, from hemp. Sourced from hemp, so you can get it in all 50 states. All so if weed brand. is not legal in your state, get yourself Quinn. some Quinn. M-Y-Q-W-I-N.com. And you can use our code Weed and Grub at checkout for 25% off. And this is such a bounty. This is all full of their vapes. Super Sour Diesel, Lemonade, Wild and Watermelon. You can point them at the camera wow. if you like. Wow, oh yeah, here. This is, we have YouTube. I don't know how this works, so I'm going to show things. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Mark's like, do you, have you ever seen a camera? You can read The New Yorker, but you don't know <laughs> what a direction is. Okay. <laughs> yes, these are great. I'm so stoked. And they, like they're 1,100 milligrams. This is Delta-8. This is THCO. They're all different... Um, Alt cannabinoids. This is so interesting. I'm really excited to dive into this. I'm holding their Delta 9 plus Delta 8 500 milligram assorted chews, high potency toffee, taffy right here. And oh. also check out what they sent me in my box. Oh, it's a super blend. Oh. It's a super blend. <laughs> That's amazing. Look at these carts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they're concentrate. So is that to dab? Yeah, exactly. Wow. This is awesome, yeah, Quinn. Thank you. If Thank you, you so would much. like to check out some Quinn, use code Weed and Grub at checkout for twenty five percent off. And again, if you live in one of the states, one get, of the states, one of the states, if get you live some in Quinn. the states, the if United you live in states. our states, I'm gonna hit this pen. Nice. Oh, that tastes awesome. Yeah, this is their super sour diesel, which just happened. Oh, I just happened to pick my favorite strain out of the box. That's really nice. It's I love Delta sour D. Mm -hmm. Sour dick. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yep. Uh, I guess I, we're moving on then because <laughs> I can't say anything after that. Oh, I was just thinking about like, you know, I've only camped a handful of times. Yeah. And I've never gone more than three days without showering. Okay. And I remember when we went back to your place to unload everything mm -hmm. and I was like, what is that smell? <laughs> that was funny. And I was like freaked out because I was like, what the hell is in your house, Mary Jane? What is that smell? And you were like, it's you, No, dude. no, 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 no. I didn't say anything. You said it and were very rude about it, in fact, because you were like, what is that disgusting smell? And I didn't say anything. And just because I was silent, you stopped yourself because you realized it was you <laughs> and me. It was both of us. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Calling that out. Like, just go take a shower. <laughs> I, Clearly, right. you've Your never worked on a defined fish it To the point where I thought you said something because in my head, I, I heard not. exactly the fucking mistake I made. I was just like you do sometimes when I say something and you're like, I'm not giving that an answer. And then I realized and I'm like, oh, right. OK, I figured it out. I was just like, yo, dude, 
I know I smell bad, but like, that's rude. (laughs) 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 I remember when I used to work on the salmon boat in Alaska, um, for anyone listening who doesn't know, I was a deckhand on a boat in Alaska for a few years. Great job. Loved it so much. And, um, I used to, the shower at the end of the day was the best part, but sometimes you would just get that whiff before you get into the shower and I would wear my hair in long braids and sometimes the tips of my braids would just be like congealed fish slime. Oh, wow. Like it was pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. And then you wash that and away. And then you wash it off and you're just like sweet and clean and you have a cold beer and <gasps> the greatest. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing because um, we've been doing quite a bit of mushrooms this past week. It's been nice. When you cracked that ice cold beer with some ramen yeah oh my gosh oh my goodness i can't even remember when i learned that but just having one cold beer when you're on mushrooms and really savoring every sip of it there is something about that very light like lightly alcoholic beverage all the tastes it's just for me it feels like it's connecting me to my ancestors on some level i love that for me it brings me back to my favorite sporting events of all time oh yeah. whether i'm at a baseball game a football game hockey whatever it is having that cold beer with my friends in the stands and rooting for something we believe in Mm -hmm. um same feeling for me whether it's mushrooms or sports it's that it's that connection that's through, so through an ice cold beer. To think of all of the cultures around the world that celebrate and love beer, like beer really, I mean, Jap, you know, like the, I was just going to say Japan or, you know, Ireland or Denmark or any of the places that have like a really strong beer culture. And America arguably doesn't, but it still does. Yeah, I grew up like in St. Louis, drink, home of Budweiser, Budweiser now in Bev. Like, I mean, right. it's a, it is an aorta of yeah. America. What is your favorite American beer? Oh my God, Bud. Really? A bud heavy? No way. Are you way. kidding me? Absolutely. I mean, I am, am I partial because of St. Louis and the Clydesdales and the factory? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to sneeze. <coughs> is it because you're lying about Budweiser? No, how I dare you? you were lying. How dare there you? There is no way you're telling the truth. Budweiser. An ice cold Budweiser? Dude, have you tasted it? <laughs> When's the last time you had a Bud? I've never seen you drink a Budweiser. Don't come for me to... about my own answer about the thing I love the most. All right. Are you kidding me? I'm, not, I'm sorry. A Budweiser. What do you want me to say? What, what's yours? I don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't have so one. for me, the reason it's Budweiser, especially over Bud Light, um, Bud Light is always what we would like drink in the afternoon. Uh-huh. You know, like that's your afternoon barbecue sip. Um, a Miller Light, I think, is when you're gonna get when you get like a thirty rack, and you're just gonna drink water with your friends all night long, or a natural ice, a Netty ice, anything like that. Yeah. But a Budweiser at the club or the bar or at dinner, it's it's like. It's like that full-bodied red wine that you want with steak <laughs> for a middle American like myself. I want a full-bodied, bud-heavy with a prime rib and mashed potatoes and then whiskey with dessert before I go out. I love wow. Budweiser. Awesome. Hit the national anthem, Mark. Here I will. We go. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm on mushrooms, I will try a very cold Budweiser. Let me get you a Budweiser. Okay. I'll pour it in a frosted that. glass and see what you think. Perfect. Okay. What I mean, are you a Guinness gal? I would totally love Guinness. Um, I like Pilsners. I definitely like love a frosty, tall, you know, Pilsner of any kind. Yeah. But I'm not much of a beer drinker. It truly is. It's just been recently when we've done mushrooms and I'm like, oh, a one cold beer right now. Just one cold beer. I get it. Yeah. I so get it. Uh, this is also a great time to shout out Top Tree Studios, yes. where we're recording from. And also a huge thank you to our producer, Mark, to... Um, make this entire episode possible yes we recorded remotely today and it was a great experience and uh when you and i would just do that on our own it's been tough so we're feeling very grateful for top tree and for mark thank you absolutely you want to get to the news this week no well yeah oh not yet no well no we do i was my brain just got scrambled for a second it's okay i smoked a lot of weed today mark Uh, mike oh Oh! all right (laughs) (laughs) damn it (laughs) so our news (laughs) 
for our 420 episode is that New Jersey marijuana sales will start the day after 420, which just seems like such a missed opportunity on uh, the policymakers and lawmakers. Yeah. Wait, say it again. It's, it's going to be legal in New Jersey the day after 420? Yeah, sales start on 421. But it's fantastic because New Jersey will finally, New Jersey, New Jerseyites will finally have access to adult use uh, cannabis that they can just buy in stores. And there's an interesting coda to the story, which is that the attorney general says that um, police can consume while they're off duty. That's huge. It is actually really fucking huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And I hope that cops take advantage of that. And I hope that all of the arrests stop. And I hope that people get out of prison. Yeah. The idea of how hard of a job I think being a police officer is and yes. the ability to off-duty consume cannabis safely. Yeah. Maybe it will offer you some clarity into just how you feel about it, how you really feel about can it. can only hope. Yeah. That would be a m massive win. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that there's just a note uh, that the attorney general issued the memo on Wednesday clarifying that state law now mandates uh, that New Jersey police who legally buy or use cannabis on their own time cannot be penalized. Uh, that clarity highlights a notable component of um, cannabis-related workplace protections, meaning there are all sorts of things that are coming in under state law about cannabis use under state guidelines for, you know, employees like drug testing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. good news. It's a really heartening 421 story. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you want to make any jokes about it being legal on 421 but not 420, or should we just move on? If you have one, please th throw it out there. Okay. Mine was going to be like, oh, a typical stoner, a day late, or mm -hmm. some hack thing like that. But no stoner worth their salt would ever miss 420. So it's like politicians being missing the boat. <laughs> Not a joke, but way, way more truthful. Kind of like Topher was like, I like when things are real. Yeah. 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 So s fuck my hack joke. <laughs> no, the wait, you didn't get to finish it, though. Do we need to? Yes. No. What is the end? But um bum Okay. All right. Let's get <laughs> on. Not, yeah, please. Come on. Nobody missed anything. Nobody missed anything except these politicians. But I'm glad it's legal. But I'm also like, yo, 420. Maybe they'll do like some kind of Black Friday situation in New Jersey on 421. Or yeah. What's, you know, it's Green they, Friday, right? Green Friday. The, yeah. Yeah. Where you can get like, you know, 40% off all products in New Jersey the day after. That would be a really great way to start the... Um, the, the rollout, right? The rollout? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they would want to use uh, some of the new crypto that we just heard about, Magenta, which is a new system that is designed to help cannabis businesses who still don't have access to banking because they haven't legalized it federally and banks are federal institutions. And so like Visa and MasterCard just won't work with weed businesses. As we talk about Magenta, uh, to repeat something I learned from you, um, as of right now, dispensaries are cash only, which is like largely, um, yeah, largely, which mm -hmm. means like robberies, which means like tax, like everything is a problem because there isn't safe access to banking. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it makes them sitting ducks. I think this January, something like 43 stores were looted in Washington state. And that was just like a local statistic that I came across when I was w working on another story. It's pretty horrifying. Yeah. So yeah. luckily, Magenta replaces credit cards and lets dispensaries accept payments with zero fees using the power of crypto. Yeah, it sounds pretty neat. I want to learn more. I don't understand crypto really, but with this crypto, the Magenta account, like dispensaries that have a Magenta account means that they can store their funds in the Magenta account without needing to go to a traditional bank account. Huge. And yeah. it's only 40 bucks a month for any dispensary using Magenta, unlimited transactions and zero fees. That's so, cool. So, yo, flat rates? I love a flat rate. I love a flat rate. And it also, um, they're giving... Um, Four months and 20 days off to any dispensary joining Magenta before May. So if you have, if you're listening to this sometime in April, you have until the end of the month to join as a dispensary and get four months and 20 days. That's a whole, that's almost half a year. That's a third of a year. Anyway, 
It's a good amount of time. Dude, stop. I'm just telling facts. <laughs> I know. I can't be bored by my facts. Sometimes you start saying numbers that are accurate and my brain gets defensive. I don't defensive. fall asleep in the middle of your jokes. Well, they're, you should. They're shitty. <laughs> no, I just correct them. <laughs> That's you so funny. You snooze when I'm saying facts and I correct you when you're saying jokes. How long are we going to last, guys? How long is this podcast? We've been doing, we're almost at 300 episodes right now. We are right almost now. at 300 episodes. Yeah, it's good. We've talked about it on here when I release my stand-up album and yeah. you do the B-side. The B-side is going to be me explaining all your jokes. It's going to be called Well Actually. <laughs> it's going to do way better than my album, too. Everyone's going to be gonna like, like, yo, it. have you heard that new Mary Jane album? And she's like, hi, I'm Mary Jane and I'm here to tell you facts about Mike's jokes that were admittedly very funny, but incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Turn down the moon. Oh. Also, if you're a bud tender and you're listening to this episode, uh, show Magenta to your team and then Magenta will buy your whole team lunch. What kind of lunch do you think? Uh, if it's going to be me? Yeah. I want sloppy sandwiches. Okay. I want kettle chips yeah. and I want ice cold orange soda. As long as it's not Jersey Mike's, I feel like it's always disappointed me. Their, their subs are dry. On a, on a catering yeah. on catering bandwidth, I agree. Right. On a one-to-one, all about them. Then they'll dress it for you. Yeah. So I want my own sandwich from Jersey Mike's then. I want a big fat sloppy sub. I love that. Yep. Absolutely. I think the thing I like most about Jersey Mike's is because of the shredded lettuce, when it <laughs> mixes with the mayonnaise, it all kind of gets a little wet and drippy. Mm. And then your final bite of a Jersey Mike sub, you can swipe it through that like mayonnaise water, which I know is a disgusting description, wow. but it's very satisfying. I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. Mm. 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 Um, <laughs> if you want to learn more about this awesome crypto that you can use for your dispensary called Magenta... <laughs> Sorry. Please text Alex, who is the CEO. You can text Alex directly at 213-600-8066. You can text Alex, the CEO, at, will you say it, Mike? 213-600-8066. Awesome. Or you can go to their website, which is MagentaFi. That's F-I, MagentaFi.com to learn more. Hey, I love anything that is like banks, you're missing the boat. So we're just going to create our own space. Yeah. I'm all about that. That's it. That's it. The kids are doing the crypto. And if you want to let us know what you would want for your lunch being catered by Magenta, hit us up on yeah. our Instagram and uh -huh. let us know what your what your lunch situation would be. So if someone could DM me and explain crypto, and I'm not really inviting this, but like if you have some account that I should follow to really see what's awesome about it, I would love to learn because I'm I'm confused and all I think about it is like I don't I'm scared of it. So I can see both of us standing yeah. in a circle and everyone's talking about crypto and we just one of us goes blockchain, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like that's as far as we can get. Or I start yeah, I start interjecting and you pretend you're asleep and they're like, Who are these assholes? <laughs> Mike and Mary Jane, like God. Yeah. Hey, if you're gonna invite us to a party, you better be ready for us to bring a New Yorker with us. Yeah. <laughs> I get anxious. Sometimes I need to retreat, you know? Same. I, I would it. If I'm at that party and I'm nervous, maybe I'll go to the bathroom and see what they have in their rack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. women's wear daily. Love that shit. <laughs> you want to get to our butts of the week? Yes, I do. You want to go first or second? Um, I feel like you might should go first because we are talking about Comedy Camp Out and yeah, everything. Yeah. So my bud is from, I met at Comedy Camp Out. She's uh, Kristen and she's at the Kristen Wall, KRS. T K R I S T I N Kristen. And we met at the camp out. I met Dax uh, and Kristen together and they were just a very funny couple who, you know, and I, I was meeting them for the first time. And, uh, 
after I performed, they, she told me she wanted to be my friend. And I was like, oh, what a cool moment to, I, that just doesn't happen in grown up life nearly often enough to have someone that you already feel a cool vibe with and for them to just like state it plainly, like I want to be your friend. So I'm uh, memorializing it here on this podcast, <laughs> Kristen, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't go back on that. <laughs> no backsies. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to come find you. That's awesome. <laughs> At the Kristen Wall and I take give her a follow. She's mad fucking cool and funny. So yeah, mad yeah. cool. That's a good buddy. The week. Mm-hmm. My butt of the week this week is Garrett Mendez at Garrett Mendez, who created Comedy Camp Out Festival. And worked. I mean, I never saw Garrett sit down. I never saw him sit down. Uh, I'd also like to shout out his dog, Dr. Pepper. The cutest. The cutest. I'd like to shout out his whole family for coming and supporting Comedy Camp Out. Delicious food trucks, two stages, the whole thing taking place on land that I think he purchased to make his own dream come true. Is that correct? Uh, that's what I heard. That's what I heard, too. That's a rumor has it. So congratulations, Garrett. Thank you so much for having us and uh, cannot wait for season two, three, four yeah, and beyond. It's was- only going to get... Um, I, I, it's just, it's already great and it, I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. It felt really cool to be at the first one. I think about that sometimes I'm like, well, you know, if you were at the first Burning Man or the first Lollapalooza or whatever it is, like we were at the first comedy camp out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine like the first Big Mac? Uh, festival? Oh, you're talking about the burger. <laughs> yeah. Like origin stories where like you're the first person who was sitting around and somebody took a bite of a Big Mac and mm-hmm. it's like, you got to try or anything. And yeah. the first of anything. Yeah. Ooh, I like being in the cool kid crowd. <laughs> That's awesome. Big Mac. Okay. You wouldn't go to a Big Mac festival? No. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> I'm think a filet fish either. girl. <laughs> you're you're a son. Se- you're I'm on the moon. second stage. Yeah. yeah. I'm filet of fish. I'm like, you know, once a month. <laughs> And then there's a bunch of guys being like, it's kind of gross. And you're like, well, it's not you eating it. So So shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) Hell yeah. This is an awesome episode. Um, Happy 420, Mary Jane. Happy 420, Mike. Thanks for doing this pod with me for, you know, we're coming up on, I think, our third or fourth year anniversary. I can't remember how long. It's so good. Yeah. And to kick off 420 with our VIB, our very important bud this week, Topher Grace. Are you kidding me? Incredible. Yeah. And Home Economics. Really funny show. Really great episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. It uh, is absolutely delightful. I will be watching more and more of the show to see where else they fit in some like some of these weed jokes because now we know on the show, uh, Topher's the actor who plays Topher's wife is uh, she has a little journey, a little 420 trip. She sure does. And uh, I would also like to shout out before we get to Topher the um kismet of Sashir being on that show and you um quoting one of her stand stand-up bits like She's two so or three quotable. episodes ago it's yeah. so good her stand-up is great please come on the pod <laughs> yeah so happy 420 everyone yes thank you for rocking with us yes and, and um i was just gonna say the same thing that you were gonna say i think yeah mm-hmm. let's get to it without further ado here's our interview with topher grace Mike, I know you love a good buzz. I am a good buzz. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And if you're on the road doing comedy, maybe you're wondering uh, what you can bring when you're traveling to a state where cannabis isn't legal anymore. You might think there aren't a lot of options. I didn't think there were a lot of options. And honestly, it is very frustrating to be on the road and go to a state that doesn't have legalization. And I I don't want to get in trouble, but I want something like Quinn. You know, and Quinn is a great option for anybody. Yeah, Quinn is an alt cannabinoid brand that is selling real THC products, everything from edibles to vapes, and they ship to all 50 states. How do they do that? Well, I'll tell you, they have THC products that are oil extracted from hemp. 
All extracted. All extracted from hemp. <laughs> it's amazing. All of them are third-party tested, and they only use the cleanest ingredients to give you a quality high. And you can use our coupon code to get 25% off your next order. Just type in Weed and Grub at checkout. Type it in. Use your thumbs. I think that you're going to probably use an index finger for the W. Go to myquin.com. That's M-Y-Q-W-I-N.com. And use promo code Weed and Grub for 25% off. If you live in one of the 50 states, get some Quinn. Get some Quinn. Topher Grace, thank you for hanging with us. Guys, thank you for having me. This is uh, very cool for a lot of reasons, but I think first and foremost, we should just drop right into this episode of uh, Home Economics because we watched it the other night and it's terrific. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, something that they probably... (laughs) It was a a thing to push it through on network television. And it's... uh, The thing is, it's reality now. I mean, if, if it wasn't before, which it was... Uh, you know, now it's legal. So it's like uh, real reality. Uh, it was so fun and great to see how you addressed the, t- I mean, no spoilers, but how the how the whole thing was handled, how the storyline was um, very funny. And, you know, obviously some like stoner tropes, but also just like the, the reality of, you know, at one point when you uh, address the issue of the legality and there's just one line where you're like, it's legal now. <laughs> and then you say, well, at a federal level, it's a mixed bag, but... <laughs> <laughs> and you just moved on from it. It was awesome. Yeah, the writers had a great um, kind of take on it. And, it, you know, the ending of it, um, we, my wife, uh, I guess she accidentally takes a little too much uh, by her own admission, I think by times four, which she should take. <laughs> and then um, and then turns out her boss is there. But that ending with the boss was something I think that happened during rewrites because we were like, how do we make this more what would really happen? Uh, but I, I love anything. This goes for all of entertainment stuff that I'm in. Anything that's real, I think is funnier if it's real. Absolutely. Like, was there a pushback from anybody anywhere where you were like, we should do a 420 episode and people were like, ah, advertisers or this or that? Because it feels like with you as EP on this, you're really you're getting your voice out there in a lot of different areas that are important to you. Oh, thanks. But, you know, I would know about it. And no, ABC was great i mean they the funny thing to me was thinking about when we started that 70s show which was in 1998 what the national atmosphere was towards marijuana then it was extremely edgy for uh for the late 90s and i mean i knew people who like you know went to jail for like you know someone finding pot on that i mean i was in just had been in high school before that and it was a really dangerous it was just looked at culturally so differently anyone who's below the age of 25 or something can't even probably really understand it now um and that pilot was very um edgy at the time because we you know there's that shot where we're all sitting around smoking and we're kind of handing the joint you know like one shot before we says you never really see it but there was smoke and there was actually some shots they made us cut out of it for broadcast where we're like wafting smoke out of the room with um, records, which is really funny. <laughs> uh, I was really bummed to see it go. But I was also I thought, oh, I'm so glad to be with these uh, Bonnie and Terry Turner had written like Wayne's World and Tommy Boy and really great stuff. And they they, you know, pushed through this interesting concept of, by the way, exactly what was going on in every basement in the 70s in, you know, suburbia at that time. So to me, it was it was not only shocking that 
ABC was like, yeah, go for it. This is hilarious. And something, you know, I don't want to point to any executives, but they're probably all doing it at home anyway. Yeah. But then like on top of it, like to, to know how much pushback there was 20, 25 years ago and, and how little there was now, it was really a sign of the times. Another sign of the times I wanted to ask about was there's one particular scene where you're talking to your dad on the 70s show and he there's the wallpaper bit behind him. And yeah. I was saying to Mike, you know, I think that predated CGI. I'm pretty sure that that must have been a set piece that was built for the wallpaper. Yeah, they built a wall. I mean, filming that pilot was amazing. I'd never acted before. So it was a real trip for me uh, for a number of reasons. But one of them was there was so much inventive stuff going on that you know, I'd only been to one or two sitcom tapings before that, just in the audience. And there was some really interesting, for instance, them putting in the fourth wall, you know, normally if they went around to all of us in that shot where we're all smoking, there'd be a wall where you actually see the audience. There's a wall missing. So they put in that wall and did that shot. And then when the wall's moving behind me, which again, we did a couple times on the show in different ways. Um, they, actually built another wall and there were two stage hands, you know, moving it up and down like it was, but the minute they started doing that, the reaction of the live audience, watching it up on the monitors, I mean, it was so inventive. And if you look at, uh, there were a lot of great writers on the show, but if you look at Bonnie and Terry's career, they had so many, you know, Wayne's world has so many like kind of gags that are like that. And um, it was really amazing that they tried to do it with, with four camera. That's so what what was it like to go from no acting experience to a four camera setup? Because it was it was it is multicam, right? That 70 show is multicam. Yeah, it Holy was. Smokes. Uh, well, look, yeah, anything would be tough. But I feel like if you did a movie with zero experience, which I didn't do first, you would at least um, you, you could get used to it or sit into it or kind of for, like lose yourself. But with a sitcom, you're right. There's 300 people all the time sitting there. You know, there's they're laughing, which is one thing. But then when they don't laugh, that's the absolute worst. Uh, it's the loudest thing is that crowd not laughing. But uh, yeah, it was it was just a real on the job training. And, you know, Ashton never acted and Laura had never acted. Wilmer barely knew English. It was like a really at least we all you know, got to go through it together. Wow. When you describe it like that, I can't believe it was such lightning in a bottle. Like three people have never acted. One doesn't know English and we're going to be the most successful. Like that's remarkable. What a blessing. Well, it's a, again, it's the, these producers who we didn't know what we were doing. They kind of thought Fox wasn't as big a network at the time. And um, they kind of took a chance. I think we'll be on the air long enough. These kids will, I mean, this is my interpretation of it. I think they thought we'll be on the air long enough that these kids will learn to be good. And we weren't good at the beginning. And we just, you know, the next week you come back and you just try it again, try to get better. And by the time it was that by the time they would have canceled us, we had gotten good enough. That's amazing. I would actually love to tie that back into home economics because with you being, is this your first time executive producing like this? On a show. Yeah. On a I've show. done a movie or two. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's such an inner circle. And so I'm just curious, like, did you have mentors as you were going through the television studios and starring in these shows where you were like, I want to learn how to produce and take those things with me? Or is this a sink or swim moment on a great show like Home Economics? Well, thank you, by the way. I, I love the show too. And I love the cast. Uh, I think 
Um, I made a lot of mistakes the first time I produced. You just got to hop in at some point. And luckily I made it on movies, which um, they're going to end one way or another, you know, hit or no, they're, they're, you know, they have an end date. And I think I learned enough to not make a total fool out of myself on this one. The thing that was the most important to me was because I was the first one who was on it. And I could see what a great ensemble show it could be and what a cool way into um, a family it is, is um, who was going to play the case. Similarly to, you know, the producers that had the balls to say like, you know, I mean, I mean, Ashton Kutcher was like a model. I mean, he was like a the best looking guy I'd ever seen or whatever, but someone <laughs> said, yeah, let's like make him the lead and let's, you know, here's this kid who's, I, Wilmer had done one Pac Bell commercial and, and, and yeah, I didn't speak a lot of English, but he had a really interesting take on that character. And I said, sure. Okay. You're one of the leads. And like, I had been in the high school play that the daughter of the producer has made the scenery for. That's it. Like they saw me <laughs> in the high school play and they were like, yeah, great. You know? And the truth was, you know, I kind of did have something to say about being a teenager. I'd just been one and, you know, being kind of a nerdy kid or whatever. And I, uh, yeah, it's just, it was really ballsy. So when it came around to this one, I thought, well, we won't be going with anyone that inexperienced. And I really wanted to, you know, that, by the way, you, the show lives and dies on the connection between the main characters and ensemble the way seventies was. And also you spend all your time, like more time than you do with your family, with these people. So I want to make sure they were both people I was really fans of and also people who I just liked. And uh, then when we all got together, the chemistry was so amazing. And that happened during the last couple of years, right? After the pandemic started, was that the timeline? It was post pandemic. We, we'd actually started casting pre the pandemic and it kind of went on hold. So we cast the main five, but we didn't know if it would gel. We'd all never been in the same room together. So then we had this like one week that ABC said, okay, you can go shoot a pilot. And, you know, it's like dating. You just don't know until you sit down with the, per you know, all your friends might say, oh, you two together are going to be the best couple. And then you get together and just, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't work. But, you know, all it takes is one, you know? Yeah. It sounds like most of the dates I've ever been on. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, that is, by the way, that's most of the dates anyone's been on, unless you've got some kind of issue, you shouldn't be hitting it off with, you know, you should be falling in love with everybody. And so, you know, I was very lucky. I loved once, you know, I was part of a dream team once. And then I got, the trick was to me, because I got to be a part of choosing it with the writers, which is really wonderful, is I just was such a huge fan individually of everyone there. And then you go, I hope it all connects when we're together. And that's just the luck of it. But I did know, like Jimmy Tatro, I, I've just been such a huge fan of his. American Vandal, I don't know if you've summer. So good. And just, I remember seeing him in 22 Jump Street and just, he doesn't, he never doesn't hit the joke. And same thing with Sashir Zameda on, on SNL. I was such a huge fan of hers. I'd seen some of her work and, you know, I just, the whole group, I wanted to be like a dream team of like, you know, every single, and then, and then it is, I'm still, I sit there, I feel like kind of like a, like a loser sometimes. Cause I'm like, just giggling at their stuff and like, like I'm like a like a fan that got let on the set or something. One of the things that really won me over uh, was I started YouTubing all of the bloopers where Jimmy is just throwing out one line after another after another, and I'm like, "There's no way to Jimmy, keep a straight face." Can, can we we can curse on this? I'm sure. Oh right? yeah, yeah. 
Jimmy doesn't give a shit if it's in the can. It, like he doesn't care if it's, it, but there are millions of people who are going to watch it. He doesn't care at all. He wants to make you personally laugh that day. Like, and he'll keep amping it up until you break. He's just awful that way. <laughs> <laughs> this app is such a good time with everyone getting a fun storyline. Like the Julia Child's uh, visual joke is just <laughs> so when she great. says, "Are you seeing this too?" or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And the, I was like, I can't, I can't stop staring at his belt buckle. And then Jimmy pops it open and it's like roasted peanuts inside a belt buckle for munchies. And was like, this Th- that's is an perfect. old, that's an old joke we have. He, <laughs> in season one, he um, got richer by developing a thing called drawer d'oeuvres where his buddy <laughs> came to him, who's also in this Mark Cuban episode we just did. His buddy came to him with an investment opportunity that my character turns down because it's the stupidest thing ever. It's literally, it's called drawer d'oeuvres and it's a little <laughs> thing in your belt that carries nuts and, you know, whatever. And so we try to sneak it in the show whenever we can. And that's, now it's like in there a lot, but that last, the last line of the show when he's with that girl, mm-hmm. it's my favorite. Because, oh no, that's the belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> with snacks. Yeah, that, I mean, if I was padded down at Coachella and they they were like, what are these snacks? I'd be like, yeah, it's my snack belt buckle. Like, deal with it. <laughs> Draw d'oeuvres. Draw d'oeuvres. He had a line. He had a line where that we couldn't use in that, which was probably for the best. Sometimes we're like, oh, we couldn't get away with that on network television. Then we go, that's not the better joke. But he had a joke where he said like, um, oh God, I'm forgetting what it was. But it was something like, you know, she goes, is that, you know, like, oh. And the line in the show is he goes, no, no, it's a belt buckle, which is a good joke. And then in this one, he's like, I don't know, something about his nuts or something. It was too- <laughs> Can I ask specifically about the the gummies and everyone in that storyline and the two people who actually consume and you find out later, you know, someone who you didn't know was high is actually tripping balls. Did you? <laughs> I can't believe that got through. I like can't believe it's, I, I don't know. This guy uh, came over from Hulu, uh, Craig, who now runs ABC and Hulu, I believe. And his taste is just awesome. It's just like, he, I mean, we've never had a problem getting anything. Through. If anything, we've monitored ourselves more than, but yeah, we pitched that thing where the guy's on some sour straws and he's like, I'm tripping my balls off. And they're like, yeah, great, great stuff. <laughs> well, and what's so great about it is I think it, it just goes to show that, yeah, someone can actually be having some experience that you know nothing about and they're not running around with their shirt off or, you know, screaming in the street. He's, attending oh, yeah, that's, concert, I hate that. Right. I hate yeah. I mean, I, I, look, it's a, it's a show for adults about adults. I mean, we happen to have kids, but I think people have started to realize it's not really, I mean, it's really about these five grownups and you go, why do grownups hang out together? Like once you have kids, <laughs> it's gotta be with your family. That's the only, you know, it's been my experience too, but you know, they don't have a babysitter for, I'm sorry. They do have a babysitter. They don't have the kids for one night. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. My wife's the same way. You, you want to go hard at whatever you're doing. Cause you, you have that one 12 hour period to actually have fun. And, you know, Marina goes, it's also the tension of me. My novel comes out at the end of the season. So that's been kind of building. And uh, I just love that she goes a little too hard, but we've all been there. <laughs> I love the idea that like every date night has the potential to be its own mini Vegas because it should be because yeah. of that moment, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And I've certainly made that mistake. Also, <laughs> you know, that thing where you go a little, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, where you go a little too far. Yeah. And my wife is like, oh, come on. Now I got to deal with this giggling idiot the rest of the night. But it's never that thing of like, you know, yeah, the like, 
you know, that reefer madness thing of like, you go, this just isn't my experience or anyone's experience with this drug. Like, you know, where people are basically, they do like a little bit of uh, marijuana on a show and then they're coked out of their mind for some reason. Totally. Have, have you had, I've heard in other interviews, you talked about your time at USC, correct? Yeah, I went to USC for USC, one year. For one year before Sorry. that 70 show. Like, what is your kind of weed experience been since since the beginning i have a great now. anecdote for that i have told this on talk show stories but i will tell you guys my great weed experience uh my virginal experience was i hadn't done it in college and you know it was kind of halfway through that year i got called to come try out for the show and when i thought oh my god am i gonna get like a lead on a show that's on after the simpsons i mean it was like so bizarre and I just started drinking, I guess, going to college parties and trying that. And I really stopped down and did nothing. And, and that cast was actually very, um, in terms of substances, a very, very chill cast. And that's why everyone's still very successful, I think, because uh, some of that, I mean, people talk about gateway drugs, but like, you know, fame is its own gateway drug kind of. So I was very uh, straight edge the whole time we did that show. And then when it ended, I kind of thought, oh, wow, I'm like free to do whatever I want to do. In my life. Like, I don't have to work every week of my life. I was just in my mid 20s. I kind of missed that period where people in their early 20s, you know, experiment. And I was at a black tie event. This thing called the Crystalis Ball in LA. And it's like, you know, every head of every studio is there. And it's kind of like a charity event. And this woman next to me kind of said something, but everyone was clapping for somebody. And I said, wait, what is that? And she said, it's a breath strip. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm, I need a breath strip. And she said, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I went, wait, all right, what? But I never, I mean, I, I assume my breath was really bad if she was like giving me a breath strip. And so she gave me one and she goes, do you want half? It's really strong. And I said, like, babe, I think I can handle like, <laughs> like a total rock star. Although I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I can handle a whole breast strip. So I pop in this breast strip. I'm like swishing it into my gums. It tasted minty. So uh, it was a full sheet of THC, but I didn't know it because it was minty. So uh, what you have here is a guy who's never been high before. He is higher than most people get. I mean, it was like eating a full sheet of brownies or something. Oh. And... I didn't know that I had been given drugs. So I was eating this dinner. And then luckily one of my best friends was there. Cause I think I like picked up a glass and was drinking from it and then felt myself pick it up. And I was like, well, that's not the right order. <laughs> and then uh, my friend who luckily one of my best friends was there and I pulled him aside. I was like, Hey, can I talk to you? Which was weird in the middle of this charity event. And I said, Hey, I just, um, cause by the way, I, this is a little bit more, um, intense. Cause it, it was, uh, I'd ingested it and it was like a lot, like more than anyone would recommend you having. But I was like, uh, can you just check to see if there's lava coming out of the back of my head? <laughs> and he goes, uh, there's not. And I went, dude, can you check? Like, cause you didn't really look. And he was like, okay. And then he said, there's not. And I went like, whoo. And he said, Hey, are you high? <laughs> and I said, no. He said, have you even eaten anything? I said, no. And, he, and then I started, whatever. I, I was like showing all the telltale signs. He said, why don't we get out of here? I think one of the heads, like literally the head of Universal came up to say goodnight 
And as she kissed me on the cheek, it took like 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't like, yes. like time had gone bye-bye. And my reaction was so awful to how she kissed me tonight that my friend was like, we should really leave here before you talk to another head of a studio. <laughs> I was so uh, high that night, especially your, my uh, body was so, um, you know, uh, clean of anything that I, every time I moved, the sheets started singing to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but. No, it was, know, it actually was awesome. Of- Cause I, I don't know if I would have jumped in the deep end that much, but it was like, you know, I'd worked so hard for so long and it, it was such an intense, uh, youth, you know, or, or intense early twenties. It was, it was fine. Has that mellowed out now to, to uh, any other kind of consumption? Do you smoke? Oh, sure. Eat? I mean, come on. My, we live in California. Yeah. And, you know. I just wondered because uh, we were talking about your supercut of your famous supercut. And uh, I was thinking that might have been a good thing to really be stoned while you were making no, it. No, no. I, you know, I edit uh, on the show. I mean, we have great editors, but I participate in it a lot. And I think that's not. For me, it's just a recreational thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I don't drink I, it because I never, in those years, I was so straight laced about everything that I never got into drinking. But when you're old enough and you go, oh, this doesn't like taste great. Like, why would you actually start drinking? Um, but I do want to relax sometimes. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we're talking cocaine. We're talking, no, I'm just. Uh, yeah. Heroin, like heroin. black tar, heroin, angel dust. Yes. Just you know, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Is Angel Dust still a thing? <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Someone's got a little bit of dust somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. There's a Quaalude somewhere, somewhere in LA. Quaaludes. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> Um, I want to take one second to celebrate Jerry Minor, who is uh um, Oh yeah. Come on. Are you kidding me? I'm a second city Chicago guy. And so Horatio right. Sands, Jerry Minor, all these people came out of there. And I was like, I think that's Jerry Minor. He's incredible, man. How great is he in that episode? He plays a totally emotionless human, which is kind of maybe the hardest thing to ask a comedian to do. And nicest guy. I'm a huge fan of Mr. Show, which I'm sure came after. I didn't know he was from Chicago, but um, couldn't oh, yeah. be nicer. Couldn't be better. And we want to have him back just because that character is so... I've never seen a character like that on TV. He just has no emotion and uh, no inflection. He just, the whole thing was just, but somehow hilarious because he's so funny, right? That's the wildest thing to be completely funny with with a flat affect is like, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, make that big reveal at the end. It helps that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, it was great. Um, have you ever tried stand up or wanted to try other forms of? Oh, God, no. No? Uh, I What I've gotten really passionate about is, um, the stuff behind the camera. Although I should say, I would never want to direct. I don't have it visually. Um, I really love the post process. Uh, I, the first thing I produced, which I told you I made so many mistakes on one of them was I'd never been in an editing room. So I kind of thought, I mean, I, you know, visited, but I, I kind of thought I knew what happened in editing. I also was like, what's taking them so long. It's basically what we shot. And once you start to realize you change like one little frame, you know, changes everything. And then you can really, you know, sometimes we really change. This episode is a great example. The, it's a, the, our 421 also takes place <laughs> at a children's play, which is probably the worst place you could, uh, at a play that, by the way, I, my character wrote with uh, his sister who's directing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like three hours long. Which is <laughs> you had something but, to um, say. You had a lot Shira. to say. Yeah, we, yeah, they had a lot to say. They had a lot to, 
but it's like, uh, because it's everything's so modular in an episode like that, you can really move everything around because it all takes place in the same uh, space pretty much. So I love that element of it. I've gotten really into, when I gave bad notes on that first one, I actually bought an, a Avid editing machine on uh, eBay. And that's where I started learning how to cut just because I, I, uh, I love it. I just, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Is that how you approached acting because you hadn't done it before? Like, did you have to go from a, like a meticulous, more of like a, like, I have to learn these lines and then I can think about these lines and the same way that editing, like it's, it's, it's point to point and it's like the details and then we can get it's funny, man. I never thought about that. I, 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 man, I never thought about that, but I know that is true with acting. I, I really like to be memorized and a lot of actors show up and kind of don't know the lines and kind of, there's a dirty secret in Hollywood. They kind of never know the lines, you know, they kind of get close to it. Um, I will tell you, I'm a very, very lazy person. Like my wife marvels at how, uh, into the process I am at work and how like just absent-minded and lazy I am at home. So like, and I always knew this about myself, but I think when I want to know how something works, I really want to dive into it and know how it works. And, and most things, I don't care how they work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny watching uh, some of your work and Mike and I were debating like whether or not you were a tactical or an intuitive person when it comes to playing something either dramatically or comedically, whether you really think through what the reception is going to be or if you were just sort of naturally in tune with what you think good timing Feels like. Well, thank you for even implying that I have some kind of process, but uh, <laughs> I think the, the only thing that changed for me in my career was I did a play, Paul White's who directed In Good Company, a movie I did with Dennis Quaid, uh, he wrote a play and I was like, I'm not going to do a play. I only did that one play in high school. You know, I, I didn't have great memories from it. I was like, I don't think I could even project that much. And he kind of forced me to do it. He's a great writer and, and, uh, I was like, oh, this is a great role, but I'd never done a play. So I went to New York, moved there for a little while. And like on 70s show, we'd rehearse Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you'd have three days of rehearsal. On films, you almost don't rehearse. You kind of show up, maybe walk through what the scene's going to be. It's the same thing, you know, doing home economics is like a film that is, you have less time to film. So you kind of, the first take is like a rehearsal, you know, you're kind of getting it on film, figuring it out when I did that play, it was three weeks of rehearsal. I didn't even know what, what we were spending so much time doing until we started doing the play. And I realized, oh, the payoff of having that much time to sit and think about a character and, and um, you know, be that memorized on your lines and, and do it that many times. So you start to see the connections of it. What I started doing after that was having like hiring young actors to come to my house and help me memorize things and then run through them. Like, uh, I think the first one I did after that was, was Black Klansman. And I was like, I'm going to be so, I heard Spike didn't do a lot of takes too, but I was like, I just want to be so ready that in my sleep I could do these scenes. And what happens is not only do you get good at it, but you, you have all this information from having done it so many times. So I it really, that is what changed me. I think. Specifically in Black Klansman, because I had heard you talk about how you did not audition tape for that in your basement with your wife, correct? No, I, I went in to read for Spike, which was probably even 
Holy worse. shit. But I, I was the story I told that it, which is true is the night before I was like reading it through alone in my basement. So no one could hear me. And the script was actually worse in terms of using the N word for me than, than the final film was, but I was trying to say certain words and I was swallowing them and I was totally alone. You just really learn how to not say some of that dialogue or even think any of those thoughts. And, uh, so the next day when I went in to meet with Spike, I, I had a little speech prepared where I was like, I can't, like, I just can't do this. But I mean, I, I can do it, but I am very uncomfortable. And he made me feel very comfortable doing it. That's amazing. We have a friend, Paul Walter Hauser. Is a oh friend, my God, Paul. Right? Paul's the greatest, man. I had so much fun with him on that. I just talked to him a couple months ago. He's the greatest. The greatest. And he, he has that same audition kind of story where he was like, oh man, I can't believe I'm in front of this, like, because you've said, like, getting to work with Spike is was such a goal. Well, he was in Spike's next movie too, The Five Bloods, and he's and he's great in that. He's a small part in it, but he's really Paul's a real talented guy and uh, and a sweetheart. And yeah, you you know, it's the big dance. You know, everyone there is like ready to go, and you know, Adam Driver's, I think, probably the best actor of my generation. I think, and mm -hmm. like. You just want to like really everyone there was just working their ass off. That's amazing. Um, we're coming up on it. Yeah. Uh, one more question about films. Do you have any movies you're working on right now? No, no, we just finished uh, <clears throat> home economics and, you know, I'm with it longer than, than the production. Cause I love uh, you know, some of the post stuff we're talking about. So um, I'm like, I guess we're just finishing now. Uh, but I got time until we start again, so I'll I'll find something. That's awesome. I have one more question. What's it going to take for Mary Jane and I to get on Influencer Lagoon? Season two is probably going to get picked up. Would love to be considered. <laughs> uh, well, what I mean, tell me about your followings. Oh, okay. Well, I'm looking at 17K with a blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a strong 5,000 something, so... We hired these real influencers to be the hosts. I mean, do you know what happened with that? I'd love to hear we, you share the story, please. We, it was in the script and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And then we shot it and the set was so amazing that I, I mean, because it was like a whole desert island. I was like, we should like just say, I, I really like the promo department at ABC. I was like, why don't we just send them this footage and have them cut a promo that we'll put in the episode? It's like the same people that cut The Bachelor promos so they'll be better at it than us anyway so we sent it them they had a blast with it they sent it back and we said this promo is so good i mean it's so like a real promo for a show you know they had the announcer and it's on abc hulu and so we said let's put it at the beginning of the show and then we'll dip to black and then we'll come up so it'll just look like this ad that came in between the connors and our show and then they thought that was so funny when they saw the final cut of our show that they're like we're going to start running this ad during the bachelor which they did like many times, like during the finale. I mean, there were people on Twitter who were like, I mean, it was all like bad reviews for the show, but I mean, it's a horrific show, but they said like, <laughs> you know, like finally a reality show I won't watch. You know, <laughs> I mean, they were like, the show is garbage or, you know, they were really coming in. And then it, because the, it was influencers who played the host, they were doing interviews on like Entertainment Tonight and Extra. And I mean, it got to be such a thing. And then when it aired, it was oh God, it was so wonderful because people were legitimately 
you know, you know, studios will do that, but then they kind of wink and say like, you know, but this was like, nobody knew. I mean, I was, I, I remember being at a friend of my wife's house, my wife, whatever. She doesn't watch all the episodes. She, she, <laughs> she doesn't have time. So she didn't even know it was coming up. And the friend was like, have you heard about this reality show they have? Like, they'll make anything now. And I was kind of in defense. I was like, you know, there's a show called Fuckboy Island. You know, it could be worse, you know, whatever. But uh, it was, it got around and it was like the greatest promo. And then once it came out, it was like, you know, everyone understood what it was. And it made the, it made the joke funnier within the show too, I think. Oh, that's so great. Man, thank you so much for chatting with us. This has been just a blast. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Such a pleasure. Yeah, Thank real you. Real pleasure. And I, uh, I'm so excited for everyone to see this 420 episode of your show. It's very funny. Well, thanks. I hope we can do one. If, you know, every show has like their, uh, you know, like they do a Thanksgiving episode or whatever. We'd love this to be ours. Like it just makes sense for the show. <laughs> oh, that would be so great. Just like the Halloween episodes of the throwback days of like. Yeah, but it's like, episodes. I mean, who really gets that into Halloween? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Huh. Uh, well, thank you so much. And uh, everyone check it out. It's in our show description, of course. And um, I mean, I don't know, just Google Topher Grace. What are we talking about? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, real pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Such thank a you. pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye.